get hit with shit, I'm literally going to be like, well, that's a wrap <laughs> of my day. I'm like, I'm going home, and there's no one is going to stop me, so no, I'm going home. Like, I that's got just... fucking literal human shit on me. Yeah. Human I, shit. I wouldn't get mad. I wouldn't scream. I'd just be like this. All right, well, I'm done. And I'd go get in my car and just go home. And that would be about the stand up, you know, the extent of it. So I'm talking to one of the nurses, and I don't remember what they were talking about. And, um, you know, you hear her screaming because a lot of people do things like people, they're normally up all night because they can't sleep or whatever. And all you hear is this. Oh, no. I look to the left. There's brown on the window. I has become so accustomed to like anything. I looked and I said, so yeah, anyway, so what I plan on doing for Thanksgiving and it, that was, that was it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't beat the animals, signs all around. We talk a lot of junk, yeah. You vibing with us now. Build something from the ground up. Yeah, we like to clown. Talk about some real stuff. Yeah, something profound. It's a pleasure that you're hearing us. Wouldn't mess around. It's a topic of discussion worth talking that we bust and put a nail in the coffin. If you love it, then you love it. If you don't, don't mean nothing. Still bring it to the public. Uh, y'all, don't feed the animals. Put them in a cage. They couldn't handle truth. We gonna bust out the gate like some cannibals. Same face, same channel, messing with the tune. A bunch of idiots stuck in one room. Can't take us serious. You love what we feeding you. I'm with the show. Yeah, proceed with the interview. Local celebrities, that's toy from your cereal. Hello, everybody, once again to another episode of Don't Feed the Animals Podcast <laughs> with your host, as always, James. And with me, I have my lovely co host, Lola. <laughs> hey, Lola. And we have a special guest today. We have somebody with an education which is fun to have you know because i definitely don't <laughs> will how's it going will everything is going good good there's a reason why we brought you here today because it is a special guest episode where we get to interview will nice yes <laughs> very nice okay cool so will why don't you tell our lovely, lovely animals what you do for a living oh, or man. for right now? <sighs> well, currently I am a mental health therapist and I work with addiction, depression, anxiety, trauma, the whole kit and caboodle. Very nice. Very nice. So if anybody has heard any of my prior episodes, they know that I am a huge advocate of therapy considering i think i've even like one of my episodes i talked about having a panic attack literally the day before Ooh. and i went to the hospital yeah <laughs> those are fun <laughs> yeah those are fun the, the the thinking that you're dying when you're not is great yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh this is very ex fun experience but i talked my way through it and uh and a couple therapy sessions later well several therapy sessions later i am been okay and haven't had a session since so hooray for me hooray for those coping skills yay <laughs> i got good coping skills that's fun 
but yes so how is it working and these um so where do you where do you work like so i currently work at a place called the bougain villa house it's located in fort lauderdale florida mm-hmm. um specializes mostly with substance with children but my my age range goes from eight years old to currently my oldest is 45 so mm-hmm. i get a big back uh pretty much like m&m skittles anything you can put your hand on that's they come to me i talk with them because i'm probably one of the more direct therapists mm-hmm. like you know there's no um oh how does that make you feel i'm more of the type that says like hey you're fucking up, <laughs> <laughs> you're, fucking up. You're, you're more of like a tough love uh therapist yeah in, in, in a sense in a sense obviously <clears throat> i'm sure that you know you're trained to take care of the situations accordingly so yeah it depends it depends i mean i wouldn't say that's like the eight-year-old but you know for certain people yeah. um you know you you have to know your audience you have to know the people you're talking to because certain people you're not going to just be like oh it's okay how does that make you feel because how often have you heard how does that make you feel you know so for me i have to kind of be more of a well what's going on it's more of a conversation when you come into my therapy i don't yeah i don't i'm not the whole how is everything oh it's okay how does it make you feel no it's more of a all right well what's going on like like what's what's going on just just tell me what's popping what what it what is it and people just they go from there you get more out of a conversation than you do out of like what feels like a script sometimes when you walk in there for sure absolutely um i've so i'm i I love sharing (laughs) (laughs) i'm what they call an oversharer so um i know that uh i've had my run-ins with therapy uh for reasons that obviously I have no problem talking about it at the moment. Uh, the first time I was in my 20s, I experienced um, severe anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, bursting out in tears, like while I'm driving type mm-hmm. shit. That um, was pretty awful. And uh, it's because uh, I experienced when I finally went to therapy, they, they said that I had, uh, oh, I have like death phobia or something like that. Mm, okay. yeah. I have like the fear, the fear of death. Yeah just the general like that's the only thing i really like not how or whatever it's just it's going to happen the inevitability Mm -hmm. so it was like going through that because it was like um so this is how i took it because especially in my 20s when i'm like i'm a mr know-it-all so like i think i know everything so i'm like i know all the answers and because i at that point was i'm sorry there's a fly to everybody and if i you hear this just root for us Mm -hmm. because we're going in for it (laughs) (laughs) fucking fly always never a dull moment on don't feed the animals guys never a dull moment um so no back to the so my death anxiety (laughs) 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 which that fucking fly should have right now (laughs) no like i said it's coming it's gonna gonna experience we're gonna get it by the end of this episode or else um so yes so i went to this therapist and she was good i just needed anybody to like just give me an answer on like how to feel better and i I was down for like any counseling that they said so i was the thing is though like she did tell me that though and every therapist i had i had have had they kind of do tell me like you get everything pretty quickly Mm -hmm. like you kind of like get taking the answers that or you take in any advice that we you actually listen to the advice i'm like isn't that why i'm here you know what i mean like, yeah. some, some people don't 
It's crazy, right? I don't know why. Can't, I mean, I don't know. You know what it is? Why I I did? Because I'm like, if I don't fucking figure this out, the alternative is is me losing my mind. Mm. So I have to try my hardest to to take in any advice and convince myself that I know that what I'm scared of is fucked up. But if I don't do anything about it, I'm gonna be. This is it. Like this is the quality of my life, and I can't, I can't accept that. So I had to do something. So you were having like an irrational fear today. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about waking up in the middle of the night, uh, in cold sweat, and and heavy panting and breathing, like, yeah. Um, cause anytime I thought about death. And lots of things can trigger it. If I go by a church, triggers it. Go by a cemetery, triggers it. If we're talking about old people, triggers it. <laughs> like really a l lot of things just trigger it. And then it would spot. So when it was out of control is when I stopped worrying about my own death. And I started worrying about my other people around me death. So that fucked me up too. So it was a lot of stuff that really like fucked me up with the, the whole death anxiety thing. So my therapist, what she did was she gave me like the stupidest things, but they worked because it was like overthink everything in, in, in a way. Like she said, take when you start thinking about that thought, she told me to like, I don't know what they call this. So you might help me. Like she said, think of it as like the uh, thought and idea as something like physical that you can grab mm -hmm. and then put it in something, whatever you, you know, come <clears throat> up with oh uh, yeah that's uh and then like shoot it out into like space or see it go away yeah it's like a container um yeah so sometimes what we do is like we'll say you have your safe place and then you have a container so like what you do is uh you'll think of let's say well first and foremost whenever you have you can't control when a thought comes to you. you you can't control that but what you can do is control the content of that thought that's where people have like the hardest time and it's like because if something pops into your head it pops into your head like for instance every seven seconds since we started this podcast your mind has gone somewhere else and it came right back psychologically it happens every seven seconds it's like and no that's not the clapping for the fly that's me stopping my fingers <laughs> we're gonna get the fly we, we will get it <laughs> we're dabbing that up but yeah it's uh, that's actually a very effective technique because it's like you take that emotion and mm -hmm. you just you, you have to move it somewhere else because it's it's crazy when you think about death not to get completely off topic no no yeah it, it's you know it's almost like you said you know it's it's irrational but at the same time it it is rational because it is something no one can avoid it's not something you can get around it comes for everyone and it's scary because we don't know what happens next oh yeah that's why i uh that's why i was like i felt like such a like a smart ass like i'm like you know, like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I have fear of heights or I have fear of like small spaces. It's like, oh, well, you can avoid that. I'm like, tell me to avoid that. <clears throat> tell me to motherfucking avoid that. Like, I felt yeah. like I was like, haha, gotcha. I figured out the one thing I'm allowed to be scared of. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, it, it that is definitely full blown anxiety because anxiety is when you're worrying about the future. Mm -hmm. That's anxiety. The opposite depression is when we're more concerned with the past mm -hmm. which is why therapists always stay say we want to stay here in the present the present the present the present because we don't know what's going to happen five yeah. minutes from now ten minutes from now it's stuff happens yeah shit happens there's no way to get around it so it's like you focus on what you have here find the gratitude of what's here not what's going to happen to you maybe seven years down the road 80 yeah 
I don't know. Maybe you really found the fountain of youth. Maybe you live forever. But we don't worry about that. Yeah, it, it that's really what it is. It was like get your mind off of it and really don't think that far ahead or don't think about like that kind of shit. Because honestly, it took away that think those that way of thinking did nothing but take away what I know is true, and that is the rest of my life. Yeah. So yeah, how, don't, how how do you stay in the present? Uh, so there's multiple ways. Normally, what therapists go to is what we call grounding techniques. So let's say, for instance, um you're having a panic attack you know you're sweating bullets heavy of breath your mind's racing all over the place what i would say is this and this is something that anyone everyone can do what do you feel in your feet <laughs> my boots okay now move up move from your feet what do you feel in your knees what sensation uh, pain because my knees always hurt <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay so you feel pain right what about your stomach uh, Don't say hungry. I fed you. It's, no, it's tight. It's <laughs> pants are tight. Yeah, the pants. Okay, so you feel the pants. Now, what do you feel in your face? My glasses. Now, do a full body scan from your feet to your knees to your stomach to your face. What do you feel? <laughs> Me? My person? Okay. <laughs> now, whatever you were thinking about at the time, what were you thinking about? You were focusing more on the sensations of your body. You're staying grounded in the physical realm as opposed to your mind wandering somewhere else. That's one way to ground yourself. Um, but there's infinite. Well, I won't say infinite, but there's numerous ways where you can ground yourself. Like whenever you may be having a panic attack, sometimes that may not be enough. Like I've seen some people, they'll go grab ice and put it on their face to feel the sensation. Some back people, of the neck. Yeah, back of the neck. Some people may take their hands and they may rub it hard because the sensation will kind of ground you. You focus on that one sensation. If someone's around you, they may say, hey, focus on me. Like, what do you hear? What do you hear? Look around you. What do you see? Like, for instance, what do you hear right now? Besides my voice. The, the fan. This is the fan. Okay. And the static. <laughs> Now, also, what do you feel? Besides what you felt in your body, like when we went through the entire body, what do you feel? What do I feel? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what sensations? Um, I don't know. My skin is itchy. I hear the, yeah, everything I hear. You yeah, because the headphones. Yeah, but you I, see, you're, you're focusing on what's immediately around you. That's a grounding technique. My, my technique of grounding myself, um, um, it's um like the five senses one thing i can smell two things i can see three things i can hear and so on and so i like and it's it's difficult to come back from from uh, the firefly um state mm -hmm. but it helps me so much yeah and that's another good one um you know the, the five senses like what do you feel here taste um what I would recommend as well, uh, which I would say, if you do have the ability to, it's always good to seek out a clinician for whatever it may be, because the coping skills are kind of like the band-aid, but the therapy is like going to get like, a, I would say like the skin graft to make sure that everything heals properly. You have to go and address whatever it is that is triggering you because you need to find out what it is. It's like there's a surface you can keep 
shaving away at the surface, but if the problem's on the very bottom, you want to get to the bottom to root out that issue. But I would say for now, absolutely, you use those coping skills because anything can happen. Anything can trigger you. It may not be one thing or another, but I would say in order to fully overcome it, you do. It would be beneficial. I'll put it that way to go and definitely see a clinician. It doesn't hurt. We're not scary individuals. Some of us can be. But, <laughs> but I would say, no, go and, and find the right person for you and then just explore. That's what therapy is all about, exploring to see what it is. And remember, it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's a matter of just seeing what can you adjust. And I always tell people, you don't have problems because that's a. Yeah, way. there's always like this huge stigma. And and I feel like that's like the, that, I mean, I don't, again, I, I don't know because I'm such an advocate for it, but I, I've heard, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to like address my problems. I don't want to come off like I'm a weirdo. I don't want to, it, it's embarrassing. I don't want to, I don't want somebody to, some people who go through trauma or have had uh, issues, they don't want to retouch those issues by talking about them, you know, right. because that's what fucked them up to begin with, you yeah. know? So they really don't want to talk about that. That's like the last <laughs> thing they want to do. But, you know, and what I what, what we call that is that's avoidance. Yeah, because exactly. a lot of people I tell everyone the hardest thing anyone has to do is look in the mirror to yeah. see like what is, what issues do you need to address? And of course, no one wants to do it. It's that's because that's the hard route. Mm -hmm. You know, if if it was easy, everyone would do it. But it's not right. You know, how hard is it to I, I could put it this way. Um, tell me. Five negative things about yourself. You can make them up if you want. Five oh, negative. Uh, of course, I really have to make them up because it's really, <laughs> because you are, you really are, difficult. you are perfect. Um. So, I perceive myself as a well. Perceive myself. Okay, I'm overthinking. All right. I I I know that I'm uh I know that I'm a procrastinator. I know that I am. Um. Uh, I don't want to fucking blow myself up. Uh, I, I know I am, uh, <laughs> I am a, it doesn't matter. It does not have to no, be mental, No, just right? you can make anything. Okay, I'm a procrastinator. I overeat. Um, I am out of shape. Uh, I, um, uh, I, I maybe come, I'm not as thoughtful sometimes as, as others. And I don't find myself to be as... I have I lack self confidence. Okay, now name five positive things. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, yeah, you, you, as soon as you say name five positive things, people are like, "Is like, oh shit, like, god damn." It's like, oh boy, oh boy. But if, oh, I was gonna go in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm also kind of handsome sometimes, and then I, I think I think I like this, and I think I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but no, but that is no, but it's true. Yeah, it's it's easier. You know, it's it's funny enough. Like, um, like I said, when you know, most people like don't want to look in the mirror, they they just don't want to confront those issues. Mm -mm. It, and understandably so, it's it's hard. You know, it brings mm -hmm. up certain memories, certain things. But then I always ask people, it's like, would you rather have that sitting, what I say, the proverbial monkey on the back, or mm -hmm. would you rather feel like light? Would you rather feel not free? Everyone's free. Mm -hmm. Would you rather feel liberated? Yeah. And that's what therapy helps to do. Oh, yeah. 
well, because that's all therapy is, is to help someone liberate themselves from certain things that they perceive as issues. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's it's. I guess for people like like me, like I just like I'm like I see the instant results from therapy. Like I get in like almost almost instantaneously. Not a hundred percent like I'm cured, but like literally like after my first session, I'm just like okay okay but you know what too it's like i've had a lot i've suffered from a lot of physical ailments i've had like i know everybody's gone through some shit but i've gotten some through some traumatic health issues like almost dying and like Mm -hmm. you know dealing with you know certain diseases and 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 stuff like that that's come across my way and it's just it, it that's what i think helped triggered like my death anxiety but i know that like the minute like i started taking care of myself physically you find like instant like 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 you like instant like you start taking medicine when you're sick so it's almost the same thing about therapy for me like was when i start taking therapy i get that same feeling where i'm like okay i'm starting to take my medicine so now i'm starting to feel better because i'm literally like you know and then depending on how much medicine i need is how long i need to take therapy for it's just the way i think of it but it how it works for me but but it's true a sound mind requires a sound body and a sound body requires a sound mind yes i did take that from full metal alchemist but it's true (laughs) (laughs) it's but it's it is true like you know when you take care of yourself physically you will start to feel better mentally yes and a lot of times when people start to take care of themselves mentally something i always tell people i say go to the gym go for a bike ride go for a walk it starts when you feel better mentally people start taking care of themselves better physically Oh, yeah. It's hand in hand. It's like a good car with good tires. You mm-hmm. don't want to have one without the other, typically. So Working out um, uh, secretes um, serotonin in the brain, right? Stimulates? Uh, serotonin and dopamine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does release a good amount. It's also very good for people with um, any sort of addiction as well. Uh, working out or anyone who I say have issues with control. Mm-hmm. Uh, for addiction, the reason why is because you can't really get an addiction. At least in my personal opinion, you trade one for another. You trade a unhealthy one for a healthy one. Right. Uh, anyone who typically, if somebody says they like to, maybe they self harm, you know, and they, for some reason or another, they choose to self harm for either control or to feel something. I say, if you want to feel pain, go to the gym, go do fifty burpees, or go work out with some crazy ass trainer. You'll be feeling pain for days. Yeah, going <laughs> to feel real pain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the gym is is great for that. If you have a lack of control, um, you control what you do in the gym. You yeah. choose what you want to do. Sometimes you may not really want to go, and you may go for like 15, 20 minutes. But you know what? 15 or 20 minutes of doing something you didn't want to do is better than you not anything at all. So it's just one of those mm-hmm. healthy coping skills. Um, I can there be an addiction to working out? Absolutely. You can be addicted to almost anything. But honestly, I would say um, to feel better about yourself. And it also helps you clear your mind. I use it as a form of meditation, honestly. As weird as that may sound to some people, I'm not really thinking about the weights. I'm not thinking about anything mm-hmm. else. It's just literally what's on my mind, just clearing it out. Bike rides is my biggest thing. Just clearing my mind out and it helps and normally i come back feeling a lot better i'm not saying it's the cure off everything but it does it does help it really does so i i agree with that 100 percent. it's seriously like something that just like it's just another thing that that you can do that that you really get your mind in in the direction that it needs to go what especially when you're dealing with anything it's just it just helps it's just another activity that's positive that you can 
replace with whatever negative thing that you got going on. Absolutely. I I listen a lot to Fearless, Motivational Fearless on Spotify. Mm-hmm. For those days are like, uh, I feeling like really down. Yeah. And I really don't want to bother anybody. I'll call anybody to like, hey, I need a friend or something like that. I just put like motivational speeches. Um, and it's like a friend telling me, you know, motivate yourself. You can do this. I got this. you got this. And without actually like telling anybody, but actually intaking that energy and um, putting guided meditation um, YouTube videos while I fall asleep helps a lot to like wake up the next day, like refreshed. So. Absolutely. Those are those are really good. One thing I would say is um If you have a very good support system, don't be afraid to give them a call from time to time. Um, I, I know that's like one of the biggest things people think of. They say like, oh, you know, I don't want to bother someone. I don't want to be a bother or the biggest word, a burden on someone else. But you have to think of it this way. Like, I'm sure we've all had that friend who had to give us a call when they just weren't feeling good. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like they were a burden? Like, no, it's like, oh, no, what's going on? As soon as you get to talk to them, like, what's happening? Do you need me to come by? That's the importance of support system. So absolutely hearing the motivational, you know, speeches, the motivational music, it will definitely get you out of some really dark spots. But I would say if you have a good support system, family or friends, people that are real family and friends, don't hesitate to call them or shoot them a text and just like, hey, you know, can you talk for a little bit? You know, just not feeling the best. And that's what people are there for. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I would I say agree. just never be afraid to do that. And if somebody is like, oh, you're always calling or something like that, which is possible, which if you need to call that much, then once again, therapist. But if yeah. someone is actually like, oh, well, you know, it seems like they're not supportive, then they're really just not a friend. True. Yeah. So I would say just never, don't be afraid to, to call out, to call out or reach out because that calling to a friend, you may be in a serious crisis and you didn't reach out it's very it's a slippery slope so i would say just don't hesitate you know get- i 100 agree with the friend thing because i've you know i've had down moments not too long ago and just like just having friends and family as a support it's like instant like like it really does like and it said it I guess you know having doing things on your own to like try to clear up your space and do positive things great enough but man it, just interaction with a buddy is like It does helps. wonders, yo. And you and, and sometimes it's interaction with a buddy having nothing to do with your problems. Just mm-hmm. be like, hey, can we just can we go do that thing that's fun? Can yeah. we do that now? And Absolutely. then be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go do the thing. And then before you know it, it's like I forget what I was, you know, worried about. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, there's It's going to sound like an episode of Naruto, but there's nothing more powerful than friendship. You know? <laughs> it's like, Believe it. You know, it's going to help you become the next Hokage. You know? <laughs> the, the Hokage of depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, what are to you like the the top three most common mental illnesses? Mm, I would say from what i've experienced lately um it depends surprisingly enough have you ever heard of something called like seasonal depression yes um so around certain periods in time certain things tend to pop up 
um, right now, adjustment disorder is the biggest one, which that's kind of like an umbrella term for post post pandemic or pre pandemic. Uh, pre college. Oh, okay. Because a lot of my clients are going to college, uh, getting out of college, um, entering into the adult world. That's actually a big one. Um, I deal with like a lot of people who are also with divorce, so with children adjusting to the new way of life. I would say that's one of the more common ones that I experience. But I would say moving that to the side, the top three, I would say um, depression, anxiety, and um, substance. Mm. And which substance could encompass all of those things. But I would say those are the top three in no specific order. Normally depression, anxiety, and substance. Mm. Because any one of those three could trigger the other. <laughs> so, yeah, they all go hand yeah, in hand. They triangulate off of one another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say if, if, if those are the top three. Um, I was going to ask you, so working where you work, have you experienced anything that you can talk about that's above and beyond extreme or out of the ordinary? <clears throat> if you can talk about any of that. Yes, I than one of the mills. We don't, we don't violate. Viol- um, so when I first graduated, I, or I should say before I graduated, we have to do something called our practicum. So okay. what you do is essentially you're an intern, but um, you're not paid at the time because you can be what's called a registered mental health intern, which you can get paid. You're working. You have all the powers of a therapist with the exception of certain things. Like you have to have a supervisor in there. You, you also, you can't bake or act. And for those who may be out of state, if they haven't heard of the term Baker Act, involuntary hospitalization. But during that time, I worked at a hospital. So I worked interning at a hospital. And it was for Baker Acts. Um, And that was probably one of the more interesting. I've had, I remember the very first day I started, um, you know, people always say like, oh, like in mental health, like, oh, how do you know what to say? Which there's really nothing to say. Sometimes you just have to listen. And I learned that the first day I went in. I was with two supervisors, another intern who was more experienced than I, and there was this one girl and she was talking and she was Baker acted because she was, from what, what she claims, she was raped and she was beaten by her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, when I say claim, the reason why, because when you, when someone's Baker acted, they could be experiencing psychosis. They could be schizophrenic. Right, right. I was gonna say because I'm like that. That sounds like a crazy reason to be Baker acted. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> it sounds like she should be, and yeah. you know. Yeah. So she, I think she, I believe she maybe tried to commit suicide. I don't recall the exact reason right. why, but yeah. So she's talking, and I'm the only male there. Which, by the way, in the mental health field, um, there's a very there's like a shortage of males and I'm an African-American male. So I'm like, Oh, you know, for <laughs> so I'm there and she's saying, you know, she was like, you know, I was, I was beaten and raped and she's crying. And the thing is, I, you, for me, you know about rape, you hear about it. You may have heard that something may have happened to someone of a friend or something, right. but I had never actually been in front of someone who was like, yeah, I was yesterday. And I don't know. And I'm like, what the fuck do I say to her? Mm -hmm. So I felt extremely uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I say? What do I do? I don't know. So everyone's talking. And then, you know, we take down her information before we move on to like the next person who's Baker acted. 
and I spoke to my supervisor and I said, I felt so uncomfortable. I don't, I didn't know what to say. I did not know what to do. And she said, yeah, she said, that's one of the more difficult things. She said, but I, you have to remember one thing. She said, when people are bay corrected, at least when you're in like, once you've been bankrupt, trust me, there's a reason why. There's right. always a reason always why a reason. normally. Yeah. She said, think of it this way. There's nothing you can do. She said, I understand. Like, you know, that's not something you would do. She said, and that's good. And you're here. She said, think, but you have to think outside of the box and think about it strategically. The fact that that young woman was able to open up to you a male and talk about it means that there's hope. The fact that she's here in a hospital, she's safe. And she said, and remember, when you're dealing with mental health, at least on the more severe cases, she said, maybe, because you really don't know the full story. Right. That could have definitely happened, <laughs> she said, or it could just be a symptom of what she felt felt like happened. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she said, remember, you're just here to report. She said, right. you're not Superman, you're Clark Kent. Yeah. And that was one of the more surreal because i'll never forget that that was my first experience another experience that i had was one of the more sad experiences where i felt more seasoned i was there for like four or five months so i was talking with people that's when i learned therapy is more of a conversation than just always oh, how does it make you feel there's a reason why we say like how does it make you feel but from what i was taught it's a conversation people want to feel human and you get more information out of people especially in that particular setting right uh, there was an older gentleman. He was in the south wing of where I was at the hospital, which was for geriatric. Uh, so older individuals. And he was 99 or 100. And That's okay. Yeah. That's I mean, wild. He made it. But, uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> but he was bay corrected because he was found wandering around the streets. And, you know, oh. so, and they were trying to contact next of kin. And, you know, oh. where else would you put them? So right he when i was talking with him and i had one of my supervisors and the other intern as well he said he was like i said you know have you had any thoughts of suicide and he said yes he said i would prefer that you walk and just put me down and Yikes. we're like well well why and he said i'm, I'm essentially some 100 years old he said i've outlived my wife he said i've outlived my my platoon from when i was in the war he said, I even outlived my children. He said, what friends do I have? The family that I have, I don't really know them. He mm -hmm. said, I'm a great, great grandfather. He said, I think it's my time and I think I have that right. So oh, wow. after we talked to him and he was very, you know, depressed and sad, which luckily he did. He changed his attitude and he made it to 101, actually. Damn. Um, <laughs> um, I talked to my supervisor again. And I said, you know, like I, I said, am I wrong for kind of agreeing like if he says like hey i've made my time am i wrong After for that so long, yeah. and she said it's not that it's right or wrong she said what you're experiencing is what's called being human yeah she said that's that's human she said because if you put yourself in his position where he feels alone and he, you've outlived your children yeah and just like He's she said tired. She said, you're tired and i had to learn that one and then the craziest one which i know which is everyone's waiting to get to um, so South Wing is geriatric, East Wing is um for like people who are like borderline personality, depressed, anxiety, right. which you can get some interesting ones. And then you have <laughs> you get fun ones in that section too. You get some fun ones, but then where you really want to go was the West Wing. And I'm okay. not talking about the show. I was like, So no no when Martin people Sheen? are Baker active, there's like two double doors that are like locked. And so because you don't want people escaping. 
quote unquote, well, getting out. I'll put it that way because wow, sometimes people when they're done being Baker Act, they go to jail. It depends. You, yeah, yeah. We, so we watch. Well, some some people are there for <laughs> violence. <laughs> yes, they are. If you yeah. some people are uh, paranoid schizophrenics, then yes, they yeah. are. They can be very violent. So that's where they're in the West Wing. So then there's another set of locked doors. So they're behind three sets of doors. Nice. So once in a while, I would go to the West Wing and I would run groups and stuff, which things were pretty good, pretty well. You know, you have some people yelling about things. Um, one guy thought he was Little Wayne, which was interesting. Oh, um, oh God. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was an interesting one. But the funniest one was they had a woman who was Baker acted. They found her out in the Everglades. And um, so the cops couldn't go into the water because they have to do aquatic because there's snakes and Lord knows whatever else is out there now at this point. And she was in the water. So they grabbed her from the Everglades and they took her to the hospital. And she's there. And she was saying that she is the queen of lions. She was in the water. Even though she was with the alligators. <laughs> but yes, she is the queen of lions. But that's not the kicker. So the kicker is that she liked to throw shit. Like and little, I'm not talking. Yeah, so she would throw shit. So this therapist, who was not being paid, chose not to go over there because I'm like, look, I, I mean, it would be a nice way to go home because if I get hit with shit, I'm literally gonna be like, well, that's a wrap of my day. I'm like, I'm going home, and there's no one is gonna stop me, so I'm no, going right. home. Like, I that's got just fucking literal human shit on yeah, me. Human I, shit. I wouldn't get mad. I wouldn't scream. I'd just be like this. All right, well, I'm done. And i go get in my car and just go home. And that would be about the extent of it. You know, the extent of it. So I'm talking to one of the nurses. And I don't remember what they were talking about. And, um, you know, you hear her screaming because a lot of people do things. Like people, they're normally up all night because they can't sleep or whatever. And all you hear is this. Oh, no. I look to the left. There's brown on the window. I has become so accustomed to, like, anything i looked and i said so yeah anyway so what i plan on doing for thanksgiving and it that was that was it oh my god yeah so no it's you it's there's no shortage of things i've had people say like the most racist fun, funny racist things like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, one guy was like yeah you all look alike to me and i was like oh, oh. all you patients look alike to me and he was like oh good point and i'm like yeah <laughs> one guy said congratulations on making it out of the ghetto and i said oh thanks you know it's just it so you, you you get any yeah thing. and you got to take it the exact thing you take it just you're like this person's literally great like you can't yeah and once they get leveled out with their medication the next time you see them like oh hey how are you doing and it's like are you not the same person who told me to make it thanks for making it out of the ghetto he was like oh yeah no that was tom like that, i'm fine oh, <laughs> he's like oh that was the other guy but that actually that's not how it works because we did have one person who had disassociative identity disorder that was and which is very rare like one in 14, yeah i was 000. gonna ask you how many of the this <laughs> is Remember, guys, this is Dopey the Ounce Podcast. This is like <laughs> fucking doc, like any, any intelligent questions that come from me. Have you ever dealt with any of the glamorous parts of the story? Oh, you, so you mean like the, the really fun, fun ones where it's like, oh, I've seen that on TV. Okay, uh, yes. So I, I have one, I have one that I, that I'm gonna ask, cause if you've heard of, but tell me, tell me the, the tell me one of them. And I'll so, yeah, first off, it is not called a multiple personality disorder. It is called disassociative identity disorder, DID. Uh -huh. It's extremely rare. 
Yeah. Um, so we had one. It was not formally diagnosed, but it was kind of like, wow. So she would come into group. She would talk. And then you would see her kind of like wandering around the hallways of South and East Wing. And I was talking to her. I said, yes. I said, you did really well in group. And she was like, when was their group? And I said, we just had group 30, 40 minutes ago. She said, I, she said, I, I don't remember. And then from there, she would feel extremely like anxious mm-hmm. because you have to remember that's losing an hour of time. She doesn't know what she said. She doesn't know what she did. And she said, you know, sometimes I hear voices. And I was thinking to myself, well, it's possible psychosis. I said, well, normally whenever someone's experiencing psychosis or hearing voices, um, suicidal, they're normally commanding, like, do this, hurt yourself. But what she was hearing was supportive. So they were being supportive of her. And she had good personalities. So and... it was to hear voices that are telling you to support yourself. Once again, you know, undiagnosed, but that was like more of a form of disassociative identity disorder, which was pretty interesting and um you know me and the other intern we were like yeah we think she's disassociating yeah and the doctor had his own opinion which is not our job to overstep the doctor but yeah that was uh that was one of the more interesting ones very she was very nice um very very nice but you could tell she would just lose chunks of time here and there you see her saying something or doing something she'd be like i have to go and she'd like walk away and then you would see her 20 minutes later like is everything okay she's like yeah what happened it's another person uh yeah so, wow. but not like in a traditional sense of like, you know, split or anything like that with the movies. Or that's nice, yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's the first thing I thought of was like I, split. I follow, um, I have a TikTok. So I follow um, a couple people that has um, mental illnesses, but they actually like, they're aware of it. They get therapy and they advocate. I follow a guy who has seven different personalities mm. and he's, he's married. Um and he switches like sometimes like on command but yeah. there's times where like when he switches it's like um uh, it switches but um without him like noticing it and he switches yeah. from like a three-year-old to like a man to like a girl and into different different yeah. ones but he's seven of them yeah i unfortunately and this is the you also know you have a good clinician when they can say this i do not have enough experience to be able to speak on that because i just i would not know there are people who specialize in like disassociative identity disorder and like right uh, things like that it's like a whole other yeah and that's honestly that is not my cup of tea if he goes to a therapist and if they say that's what exactly is happening or a psychiatrist then I would have to say kudos to his wife for being able to <laughs> to handle seven different people. Yeah. No shit, I know right? my girlfriend can barely handle me as one person. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, unfortunately, I would not be able to speak on that. Like I said, even when I saw that one, um, that one, you know, young woman, um, it was only just the disassociating and her being talking at one point in time and then her not recognizing that's the only thing i was able to say and i could have been completely off but yeah i can't speak on that i'd have to see it and then for something like that you have to go to like a specialist yeah because i that's completely out of my scope so that would be interesting to see interesting to observe but yeah i'm just like very possible yeah, he will like be like the girl and he'll put like a crown or something like that and then he will switch 
and he will be like looking himself at the camera like oh i have a crown like he didn't remember he put it on type thing yeah um i do know from what studies have been done it's when there is a switch and one's personality is normally like not on cue typically i would say typically i could be completely wrong so anybody on the podcast please don't hold me to it Mm -hmm. but i know it's typically like not on command or on demand because the i guess the worst part about disassociating is that you with that sense is that you, you can't control it you know because then if that's the case if you could just switch then i mean um what exactly would be the issue you know if it's just I like f- i feel like it's more like that one movie that you had <clears throat> to watch uh, that was on netflix uh with the uh, uh brie uh allison brie horse girl it's like oh. currently it was it was a sci-fi movie but it definitely touched on like like sorts of like schizophrenia for sure like she yeah. she like she thought that she was a clone or something like that and it was like yeah that it was pretty heavy it's a very it was a pretty good movie it, it it's more i would say with all the, the the angles that it took in the movie it is a sci-fi movie but if you're like just watching it, you're like oh this is definitely mental health like this is just crazy <laughs> like this, she is out of control yeah now and it wasn't it was it, it the way that they did it was almost like her schizo attacks were like very like like again it wasn't like an on cue like yeah. how they showed in some movies where it's like hey you're just wearing like different hats and shit <clears throat> because normally it takes i wouldn't say like it's 100 on cue it, you see it's like a slow build up yeah especially with certain things and then kind of like a slow come down because um which is like one of the, the misconceptions like with schizophrenia like most um mental health people think like the journal thing somebody's quote-unquote crazy and right. I think they're always crazy, but it's like no, they have moments of clarity. You'd be very surprised, um, even like when you see people who maybe like talking to themselves and things like that. Remember, certain things will override whatever they're experiencing. Pain, yeah, is one. Fear is another one. The fight or flight, you know, certain things just can't really be like overridden. As somebody once told me, um, if you see someone who's like talking to themselves and they're like ah screaming or whatever like that, and if you put let's say a tiger in front of them that's like snarling and getting ready to try to attack them you all of a sudden see them go certain things kind of snap you out of it it. and that's why like a lot of times with people like schizophrenic they you'll see like sometimes um self-harm sometimes you know because it'll help it's not the best way but the to to ground themselves themselves the body automatically locks on the pain which to circle back that's why i was like what do you feel in your feet what do you feel in your legs what do you feel in your stomach because this, those sensations don't really go away in a sense. So for them, they're grounding it through like the most acute way possible. Right. While for you, like say, or anyone here who's having like a panic or anxiety attack, when you still have some locus of control, you can focus on that to kind of bring yourself down. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I'm going to switch it up a bit. This is more like a syndrome that I found on, uh, <laughs> I found out about. So let's see here. All right, let's let's click this on. Let's see stitch fix. Here's how to look good. Yeah, shut up. There we go. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored by these people. Yep. Don't let the queen's tongue fool you. Well, they always are asking me um, how my mom got that accent. Lisa Alamia. Oh, not for me. I'm sorry. Is 100% Texan. People who don't know me, that hey, where are you from? from Rosenberg. Oh, where's, where's that? I'm like, we're here in Rosenberg. Oh, you're from here. How do you talk like that? So that's when the whole 
story comes up. Six months ago, jaw surgery to fix an overbite. It changed Lee too. I thought she was playing around with me. I thought she was joking with me, but then she showed me that like the doctor had told her she was diagnosed with Atkinson and she searched it and then I was like, oh. Houston Methodist Sugarland Hospital says in the last 100 years, less than 100 people worldwide get this rare disorder known as foreign accent syndrome. Mom is probably the one word I noticed right away. Um, kitten. They think I'm talking about a baby cat and I'm not. I'm saying I'm just kidding, but it's kitten. I'm just kidding. Lisa's neurologist, Dr. Toby Alto, <laughs> put her through a battery of tests trying to answer the hows and whys, but they can't. So for months, Lisa stayed quiet, worried about scats. I didn't know the reaction I was going to get from people. So I didn't know, are they going to judge me? Uh, are they going to think I'm lying? Are they going to even understand how I'm speaking? Thanks to some ribbing from her family and friends, Lisa is now more open than ever, even though her voice no longer intimidates her children. There is no way you sound hood at all. Like, he goes, even if you tried, you wouldn't be able to sound hood. My daughter laughs at the way I say tamales. So I used to be able to say it like a real Hispanic girl, now I cannot. One day, she hopes to regain her voice. Until then, she's learning to savor her accent. Mm, yeah. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it actually. Is it real? Uh, I never thought I had an accent, uh, but everyone up. else told me shut I did. So I is okay. it is it common? Because I heard so many stories of it, but I don't know if it's that. Mm, once again, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm not. So that's what that's what I was gonna ask. I'm like, do you think it falls in the realm of like, mm, or it's, do you think it's actually like, do you? It's one you of. Know, Something it's one of, about the brain. It's one. It's one of two things. Either there is some part of the brain we have yet to discover that could. It could be that I, it's you know I, that's how I am, or she's attention seeking. I just it's one of the two. What? I will not say either one. But isn't it, that the most racist syndrome you've ever found in your? <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine like, imagine like a lady living in like fucking Louisiana. And all of a sudden, she's just like, she goes from like, I'm going to strip ball tonight. And all of a sudden, she's like, hello. I like a, I like a, like a, like the four five lines. <laughs> and you're just like, isn't that like, whoa, what the fuck did that come from? And they're like, yeah, no, that's it's what okay. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's racist ass disorder. I was like, how the fuck do you learn how to speak in an accent? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, I, I'll put it this way. I, I'll play devil's advocate for a little bit. Dude. You know, like when, you know, when like you dream, right? And like right. you may dream, sometimes you may speak like another language or something like that. And you may say a word or maybe you heard a word. I do not know. And then you'll say a word and they're like, oh yeah, that's actually a word. It, it is. I will say this. It is possible. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I will say. I just wanted to know what you possible? thought. Is it possible? Once. I cannot stress this enough. I. <laughs> that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> I, I would. I will humble On a personal, not a professional level, I'd be like, what? Like, okay. I do not know. It's very suspect. I've, I've I've seen it from people that are getting surgeries and from people that have received like um like hit hit trauma. Yeah, like, it, it and there have been other cases where people have reported it and stuff like that. And I just say this: power to you. I've, I, <laughs> it's a I hilarious think that it, disorder. It goes away. It goes away like over time yeah i i, I know for for a fact of course if it's something like happened, mom who's that spanish mom right there because she's like can you do a spanish accent now mom can you please like because she was talking like this you're just like oh my god and i'm just looking i'm just like hmm i don't know 
don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Makes you wonder. She does have a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right. So, um, oh, well, do you have any more questions for Will before I turn it over to uh, an interesting part of the show? Uh, um, no, no, go ahead. Okay, here we go. So, if you guys know, I am a fucking diehard fan of this teen drama show, Degrassi, Canadian television's finest work. And in Drink. this show, it is so good. For the, I've talked about this like so many episodes. It was bound for me to continue to talk about it. So right here, well, I have a uh, a, a yearbook <laughs> picture, uh, if you will, of a lot of the cast members of Degrassi: The New Generation. Oh, um, no wheelchair, Jimmy. Jimmy? Oh yeah, Jimmy's there. Let me see. How J- how can Jimmy not be there? Because I want to be like this, man, look here. Oh, there's Jimmy. I want to be like this. Buddy, you have no idea what's in store for you. Jimmy Brooks. So what I wanted to do was I was going to click on on certain character bios. And uh, because when I first met you, uh, it was awesome because we were (laughs) at dinner and you start telling people what you think is wrong. He's he's automatically like called out one of the people that we were with at, on what you believed that they had going on <laughs> and i was so happy because they were like you were spot on like he like called them out like perfectly and and they were like yep that's what i have and i'm like <gasps> and i was so excited i wanted to do me next <laughs> i was just like me, me next please so um you have not seen the show no so that works in a benefit and i've a tour i know these fucking kids like they're my fucking friends so um (laughs) i'm gonna click on random people we will start with jimmy brooks because you brought him up Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna read their bio real quick (coughs) and then i want you to based off their minor bio uh that i'll read out and the picture uh you can tell me what you think is wrong with this character or what what arc if they will and i'll tell you if it's an arc that actually happens on the show because they go through Every fucking possible thing you could think of on this show. Everything. Nothing is off limits. Shit, the only thing I had to do was worry about like facial blemishes. What the fuck did these kids go through? No, not not in fucking Degrassi. Nope. Them oh. Canadians don't know how to fucking live. Like like properly. Alright, here we go. So we got Jimmy Brooks, handsome cat. I wonder what he grows up to be. He's class of 2007 graduate of Degrassi Community School. He has been as the school uh he was seen as a school basketball star during his time in Degrassi. He also comes from a wealthy family. He has shown many high-end gifts. Despite this, Jimmy is one of the more open-minded, humble students of Degrassi. Uh, he had a habit of being unusually antagonistic towards Sean Cameron until season three. Jimmy uh, uh, was left uh, bitter on the edge when the infamous school shooting that we all know about left him crippled from the waist down. Uh, he is engaged to his best friend Trina and his longtime best friend Spinner Mason. Uh, despite all their differences, uh, oh, he is best friends with Spinner Mason despite all, all their differences. He's also best friends with Marco De Rosi and Craig Manning. He also is good friends with Paige, uh, Michael Chuck, Ellie Nash, and Terry McGregor. And he was portrayed as, oh, portrayed by, you know, Drake, Aubrey Graham. People don't know his real name is Aubrey. Aubrey. Fucking Aubrey. Over here gets anyway, rich. He gets rich off. So of for the most part, they told you a good amount of stuff that happened, but uh, 
if you so from this bio what do you think he's got going on mentally Hmm. Well, in the show, did he ever go to therapy? Not physical therapy, I assume, but like he definitely went to physical therapy. Did he ever go to therapy for his shooting? No, mm. he did not. I wonder if he suffered from any PTSD. You know, it's an yes, experience, man. You got shoot, you got shot, and then you're left crippled. That's kind of a okay. Do you want me to tell you what I think that he did to maybe help his PTSD without him knowing? Did he become rich? He becomes by the name Drake. He was been rich. He's been rich. He he, he came from rich up. Oh shit! He didn't start from the bottom. Fuck. Nope. He, he never even fucking Aubrey never started from the bottom. Yo, parallels to his character. Crazy. No. Um. So no. So what Jimmy did end up doing is he got into art. Okay. And he started drawing. Uh, mm. One one episode he started. He, there was a. Flipping, one of the friends is flipping through his book, and one of them was like a gun, and somebody had like you know, I'm like, oh look, it's your shooter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, was it was it Sean Cameron, uh, the one who's antagonistic towards? No, actually, no, Sean Cameron. Uh, well, let's go to Sean Cameron. Let's just go clip Greg Tim because he's another fun guy, fun kid that's been through some shit. Sean Cameron's a fun character. I like Sean. Oh boy! Oh hell yeah! Looks like an animorph. Look at that. Oh yeah! Did you see an animorph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember you know, like Tobias. Yeah. Do you remember animorphs? Remember a person transformed into yeah. the hawk? Stayed. You for remember too those long? books? They had the okay. Oh come old. on! You used to flip through the book. You see the person transformed into yeah, like a giraffe. Yeah, the book had a hologram. Oh okay, okay. And it was okay. the people turned into to animals. Anyway, <laughs> off topic. But so <laughs> Sean Car- Cameron, born in 1988, in uh wasaga beach canada is for is a former student of degrassity community school he moved to toronto while uh he was in grade 10 to keep out of trouble after he he deafened tyler bishop in one ear during the his degrassi years sean was defined as cold and one of the bad boys but was a nice guy who uh made a few mistakes from time to time after his freshman year, Sean made it to, uh, made it his goal to become more responsible person, specifically when he emancipates himself from uh, from his brother. They, by the way, emancipation fucking in Degrassi is very common. I think they just use it as a Jesus Christ. They use it as a plot point. Like every yeah, series <laughs> has, an emanci- I think it just gives the every writers kid, an excuse. Uh, every kid gets emancipated. No, but like. It gives them an excuse to, like, I guess, have kids go do stuff somewhere without mm. parents. You know mm. what I mean? They'll be like, well, hanging out at Sean's. It's like, how did all this crazy shit happen? It's like, well, they were at Sean's, and Sean doesn't have parents, and he lives by himself at fucking 16. You know what I mean? So, um, so, uh, he emancipates himself from his brother, and he became a school hero after saving Emma Nelson's life. Um, Although he never finished high school, actually, technically, okay, first future, he killed the kid who shot Drake. No, oh, Jesus, wow. shot Jimmy. Uh, okay. Oh, when he was saving Emma, he like wrestled the kid and he sh- and he, the gun shot the, the Ooh, that's shooter. Yeah. So yeah. Um, although he never finished high school, Sean left Degrassi to join the army. His best friends with Jay Hogarth and Craig Manning, and friends with. Alex Nunez, Toby Isaacs, Manny Santos, his ex-girlfriend Emma Nelson, and T, uh, JT York uh, before his death. Uh, he was bitter rivals with Jimmy Brooks and Peter Stone. He was portrayed by Daniel Clark. Anyway. Boy, he is written with guilt, isn't he? He's he always is... trying to throw himself in the limelight, trying to 
right the wrongs. Yeah, let's see. He deafened Tyler Brooks. Was that on purpose or accident? On purpose. He was mad. And oh, they were so young. Had, he did so it when he was like, he did it when he was like 12 or 13. He was really young. Oh, okay. So I would say that this, if he was living with his brother and he did that because I assume a bit of a bully kind of come off in that way almost maybe or him. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yes, but he, he came at a disadvantage because he was held back. Ah, so okay. he couldn't be a bully because it's like, I should be with these guys, but here I am with like, all oh, you dorks. But he was living with his, he got emancipated from his brother, right? So he was living with his brother at first. So then so he know, wasn't living with his parents. So we know something happened with his parents, right? Yes. And um, yeah, for him to be what they'd normally say, for someone to be a bully, like, you know, something's happened. So there must be some sort of trauma in the past, for yes. sure. Um, because for him to, he deafened someone, I guarantee you that wasn't, well, he may have done it on purpose. Then he got written with guilt. And then that's why he ends he up a good boy after. No, oh, no, no he, he always sucks. He, he, <laughs> he was one of those characters that like you want to root for, but he always fucks up. Like oh. always, every time he tried to do something right, it was always takes like, like two, uh, two, one step forward, two steps back. I'm like, so self-sabotaging always self-sabotaging so, yeah. yeah he's because of the guilt i if i were to like just to jump off and be like yeah. super clinician then i would say um yeah yeah he and and no he didn't seek therapy everybody i'm clicking on didn't seek that nobody that, seeks therapy in, this why not? in high school high school is only therapy right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh no so definitely there's something going on with his family did they ever talk about his family like mom and dad he ends up visiting them and and goes away for like several seasons because he ends up living back with them so something happened for why he had to go live with his brother right i don't remember i remember it being very negative on why he didn't want to be with his folks they looked like the way that the actors were portrayed looked like they were like kind of losers and stuff because basically they reached out to him oh no they were interviewed the like the week or the couple days after he killed that kid because he was considered a hero for doing it so let's see so yeah because he stopped the shooter he stopped the active shooter so he deafened one kid and then he whether you know whether you're a quote but and this keep in mind this is probably like three or four years later oh yeah so he's already got in trouble for the year he got held back for deafening that kid and like you move on and then you killed someone and then he killed somebody. Yeah, you killed someone. <laughs> he absolutely so, uh, was fucked from that. It's had like 20 steps back. So I, I wonder, yeah. like, did he, did he join the army to actually find a sense of purpose and to give himself structure? Or was it to, maybe did he do it just uh, so if something does happen to him, it's like he deserves it? No, uh, uh, the, the, begin- <laughs> the beginning part, because uh, I know when he, before he was going, he was freaking the fuck out. That he was doing it. Like, he's like, I can't, I don't want to die. I'm so scared. I don't know. I'm like, you're in Canada. Calm down. You're nearly fine. With the school shooter. (laughs) (laughs) With a school shooter, which he stopped. Yeah. But I would say, I don't know, maybe some form of abuse. Um, Most likely. Or not necessarily, it doesn't always have to be physical, maybe emotional, which is why he's so cold and distant. He doesn't want to let people in. Yes. Um, He definitely can't maintain any relationships. No. uh, Because he self sabotages. Yes, he does not end up with Emma, unfortunately. Even yeah. though they build up their their relationship from like season one, and it's and they go back to it like in season four or five, and they show the picture from season one, and I'm like, you guys should have been together. It's oh. adorable. Anyway, so I'm gonna move on real quick because I want to hit up a couple more. 
Uh, should I hit up a girl? Yeah, let me do. Let's do Alex Nunez because she was one of these uh, bad girl characters, mm -hmm. and I think the bad characters, like yeah, the bad ones, because they get redemption arcs and they end up being like the best. But she actually fizzles out, unfortunately, like a like a like a an, like terribly, and I feel bad well, that's, about her. That's Nunez. Nunez, yes. What? You were saying Nunez. Nunez. It's, I, I'm sorry. Say it again. Alex Nunez. Nunez. Sorry. I didn't say it with an accent. Gosh, get some fucking culture, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She was born in 1988 in Toronto, Canada. Is rebellious Latina woman. Oh, that's why. Okay. Oh, wow. Who okay. started in the grassy <laughs> community school in Toronto. She was a graduate in 2006 and moved to Ajax in 2007. She was originally known as a bad girl. And once had been a stripper at a bar in order to make ends meet. But the years went by. She began began to make better decisions. She's good friends with Jay Hogarth, Marco Del Rossi, Ellie Nash, and Sean Cameron. She was enemies with Emma Nelson and her, her former best friend, Amy Peters Hoffman. Alex was portrayed by whatever. It doesn't matter who she But anyway, yes. So they don't really get into... I'm glad they don't tell, her, uh, tell us too much about her. Okay, go ahead. First off, what the hell is wrong with this fucking Wikipedia? Why did they feel the need to say a rebellious Latino woman? Are they going to say an, ups <laughs> an upstanding African American or an upstanding black man? Like, what, what the fuck was the point of that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I bet you they adjusted it because you know. Okay, so first and foremost, when exactly did she strip? Was she an adult or? Yeah, I okay. wonder. Is this <laughs> show? The I thought this show was like for high school kids. Uh, this is like college. The this was when she first uh, yes when she was starting to go to college she okay okay good. keep on i don't want to i want him to diagnose real quick before i start giving all, her whole thing because i'm like, oh my, my, how the yeah, hell she was the answer is yes it was like i think like first year in college she was not in high school yet okay so she was 18 quote unquote at the time when she started stripping i don't they didn't touch on it in the show Okie dokie. And she could have been, I think it was all Bruh. in the up and up. <laughs> um, Alright, so let's see. She was originally known as the bad girl. I once been a stripper at a bar to make ends meet. She began to I, I find it funny that even go straight to her being a stripper because it was like literally like an episode or two. Yeah, but it's, I mean. I she know. wasn't a fan of it. She did so, it. So what she do they mean? She was having some financial issues. Yes. So what do they mean by like rebellious? Like what, she just wasn't going to class? Like what are they talking she was just the. She hung out with really shitty kids. She 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 was always hanging around the shitty like the kids that the, the, the they look like stoners, but I don't. They, they never portrayed them as stoners. Mm. But mm. she hung out with the bad kids. Mm, maybe for attention. Maybe I could possibly mm -mm. say mm -mm. I. Uh, they never, they, they don't, don't give really, you enough information. Yeah, they don't. Like I said, so I've been really I the only thing I can honestly focus on is just who the fuck wrote the first paragraph of a I know Latino I know woman. so but because I mean it's like and you know what kills me they don't even show they when they talk about her friends they don't even talk about her main friend who she kind of had a thing with which was uh, uh, Paige Michael Chuck she was her girlfriend for some time this other girl and they had like a lesbian thing going on it was great because it was during <laughs> it was, no it's so yeah, awesome oh my God. They had the i loved it it was amazing no because it was during this kevin smith episodes because kevin smith is on kevin smith is on the show playing himself oh dope yes and <laughs> he goes to degrassi to specifically make a movie called jay and silent bob do canada a 
<laughs> Kevin Smith is a god amongst gods. And I literally had the three. It's literally had the movie about it. It's like right there. It's Jay and Silent uh, Bob do Degrassi. And it's so funny because in that episode is when Paige and, and uh, Alex pretty much like figure out they like each other. And Paige is like, I'm not gay, though, which is fine. Because she, for the most part, that was like her only like girl interaction with Alex. And so they have a thing and they went out for some time and they were doing things together. And this is the thing is that Paige is a rich girl, snobby. And then Alex is the bad dirt, you know, girl. She's the rebellious Latina. Rebe- oh, so the rebellious, so her, her mom goes out with dirt bags. Oh, okay. And her mom ended up losing the rent for the house causing her to be homeless because her dirtbag boyfriend uh, did a bunch of sh- shit and stole her mom's money. Mm. So her mom was stressing and then getting into like, being into negative stuff. So mm. she ends up being a stripper to make money to find <coughs> out that she just ended up going back with the boyfriend. That tends to happen. Yeah, so Alex ends up being like, I fucking was a stripper and I had to deal with that shit. And be degraded because her mom was like, "That's great. What are you doing?" Da, 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 da. And she's just like, "I'm. Uh, I work at this place." Well, that would be and the she one. She didn't thing. tell her mom what she did, and then then when she gives her mom all this money, she blows it all because she blows it all for the boyfriend. Well, that would be the one thing that I would tell her. She's like, "You know, I went to do be a stripper to to do this where It's like, no, it's like that was a choice. It's like you you chose to do it because that was." For her, maybe for her decision, that was like the year. Oh no! Like it was like for like a day or two, and then she totally quit because it was like a, she worked at a oh, skeezy club. Then, yeah, not even. Like she said, definitely it, did it out of desperation because that's her character was like, "This is all I know that I can do and, right now because yeah. everyone thinks I'm I'm a, I suck." Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know what's funny enough is like I've known people who've, who've done it. Like when I was at um at in college. There yeah. was this one girl who was in the optometry program, and she used to strip at what was Eden's. Yeah. Oh God, Eden. Uh, but she made her money, and when she was done, she paid for her school, and then she left, and then that was it. Yeah. Honestly, I can't. I really can't read too much, like I can only take a really. Wild oh, they didn't step. fucking do anything. Yeah, they didn't yeah. give you enough. Yeah, right, I, I'll do one more. I'll do like the main. Like she's not the main character, but she's like one of the main characters. Her character is birthed from two characters. That were in the older, older series that was like, oh. yeah, because there's Degrassi High and it started with Degrassi Junior High, then Degrassi High. This is all in the 80s. And then the, the Degrassi High ended in like early 90s. And then the, the show took like a 10 year hiatus and didn't come back until 2001. When I started watching the show, when these fucking kids were uh, on it and ugh, fell in love. I'm fucking like like 18, 19 years old watching it with my my other teenage brother, and we're watching this like teen drama like it's like crack. We're like there's like a marathon, and we're just like this show is amazing because <laughs> we're, like, we're talking shit about all the characters. They be doing shit. And I'm just like it doesn't like the show doesn't talk down to kids. You know what I mean? Like it just basically mm. treats everything like it'll end on bummers. Like it'll end like you know like so and so never made it out alive. The end. And the next episode happens. It's like. You think they're going to continue to talk about so-and-so? It's like, yeah. Wait, that, no, they're dead. No, they're dead. They're, they're <laughs> moving like, on. What are talking about? And then they will bring it up. Be like, yeah, so-and-so died. And yeah, like, oh, excuse me, leave that. Yeah, yeah like, I remember that. Well, oh, well. <laughs> you know, like, so did you study like for the test? Died? Yeah, they, like, they don't hit, because you know, like, how some shows 
really focus on drama and they just like hone in on it you're good <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't hone in on it it's just like i don't know but anyway this is the main we'll end it on the main girl character emma nelson and because i got a lot of shit to talk about her so she was a goody two shoes <laughs> i got shit to talk about her first episode uh i'll say it right now if they don't say it i'm just gonna say it anyway her first episode was an abduction episode she was abducted the very first episode of degrassi the new generation was her online chatting and that's another thing too you know how like when shows use computers and stuff <coughs> like it's always like that fake like database and da, da, da. yeah this show uses computers so realistically like so realistically where i'm like no that's a real email like that's exactly how computers work like mm. when they had computer class because her dad is well it's not really her dad it's her stepdad but anyway uh her stepdad was on the show uh as the teacher so one of the characters from degrassi high became a teacher and he teaches all the kids now and uh they, they teach him about photoshop later seasons and i'm just like oh these are all real things <coughs> anyway so she was online talking to this this kid who was really an adult and she ends up going to the hotel getting locked in the hotel room the kids end up saving her like get the, the kids saved her not the, the kids cops? figured out that she wasn't where she said she was and one of the kids is like her shit got hacked it's so easy like the reason why this kid knows so much about her like she's because she was like oh so and so so dreamy it's like he the reason why he knows so much about you because he hacks into your computer and looks at previous email conversations does it he's like i figured out your 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 password it wasn't hard for anybody else to figure it out so and, and so when they figured that out they're like she's not she's not safe right now and they go get the parents and the parents go find the hotel and they save her from fucking getting fucked up yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll read the last char- character, Emma Nelson. Let's see. Does she look like an Emma? Yep. Oh, she had. And by the way, she experiences ugly duckling syndrome like crazy. Because when she's a kid, she, her teeth are like like this. Her kids, her teeth are all fucking fucked up, and her hair looks like shit. She looks like garbage in the first couple of seasons, and then all of a sudden she has a fucking glow up, and I'm like, Emma got fucking different and then she she like whores it up and it's great and i love it anyway <laughs> so emma nelson is a, a class of 2007 graduate of degrassi community school in toronto canada who also attended smithsdale university along with manny and liberty she is the lead character and the and the main protagonist of degrassi the next generation both during season two of uh both during season two of degrassi season high oh yeah because because her character because her mom gave birth to her in when during degrassi junior high this is the most wild high school shit ever yeah her mom is a teen mom so her mom had a birth with emma and then they made emma a character a main character on the new generation Dude, during high school, like the most exciting shit that ever happened is somebody would give me like a dollar and I can get like a big text. It's like, what the fuck are these kids experiencing? <laughs> like, what the hell? So, yeah, so, so her mom uh, had her young. Um, she was originally portrayed as an idealist and an environmentalist who uh, consistently voices her own opinions. It was so unbearable. Fucking annoying. Emma was also known for being responsible and mature, yet uptight. Uh-huh. But over the years, had developed into much more of a three-dimensional character. Yeah, for the most part, I guess so. And then uh, Emma 
Emma is the daughter of Christine Nelson and Shane McKay, a longtime best friend of and a longtime best friend of Manny Santos. She is also best friends with Liberty Van Zant and her husband Spinner Mason. She is also close to friends with uh, James Tiberius York before his death and Toby Isaacs. Additionally, friends of hers include uh, additional friends of hers include Darcy Edwards, Shantae Black, Jay Hogarth, Holly J. Sinclair. Craig Manning, her ex-boyfriend Sean Cameron, she's enemies with Alex Nunez, her stepfather is Archie. It's funny because her and, her and, and yeah, Alex aren't, Alex. yeah, but but her and Alex weren't that big of enemies, so I don't know why they, they did that. Uh, her stepfather is Archie Simpson, the principal of former uh, media immersion teacher and Degrassi Community School, and her half-brother is Jack Simpson. She married Spinner Mason, a former student of Degrassi, in the summer of 2008 making Kendra Mason her sister-in-law. She was portrayed by Miriam McDonald and yeah, whatever. That's it. the characters. But yeah, that's Emma Nelson. She's done some shit. Oh, can I say which? I can tell you a disorder she had. Go ahead. Oh, really? Bad. Well, I guess that kind of goes along with the whole... Um, she had a she seems like she's trying to be like a perfectionist. Um, yes. Certain things. Um... Yeah, like I said, the first paragraphs, they don't really tell too much. Yeah, they don't much. tell you too much. Um, but if I were to, like, look at picture and from what you, you told take... me, I would say... And this show does... Very that. naive. Absolutely naive. Very naive. That's why it's funny so that they naive. say, you know, known for being responsible, mature, and that's why I'm like, really? Know it all. You Fuck know, that. She was a I'm know sorry, like during 2007, you know, technology wasn't that bad. You know, we had Mass Effect and everything. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we knew what was happening. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, you know, they also had that guy. You know, you know, catch a predator. It was out. Yep. You know, yes, so yes, it's like, come on, sweetie. Even during the 90s, like you knew. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Um. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Daughter, friends with all those people. I would say this. She likes to definitely keep it. Does she have issues with letting go of high school? No. She, okay. she freely I couldn't tell. got hold of it. She the only reason why is because, you know. She I, moved right on. Okay. The only reason why I ask is because, you know. Um, it was always about the next step for her. Oh. Mm, she was right. like an overachiever. But if it's always about the next step, why the hell are you like staying around all the people from high school and marrying people? Oh, that's just a show being a show. I think uh, that's the show being a show. I, I see, okay, so, see. in my opinion, in my opinion, the real Emma Nelson would not would exactly do what you're saying. She she would may stay friends with a couple people, but she, but would, she would move on be, completely. She oh, probably 100%. would go. She may even stay in Canada. She probably would go like America or something like that. Yeah, you know. And um, I would also say this from what you told me. Um, well, first off, when they discovered her, did anything happen when she was abducted? Nothing. All right. She so just locked herself in the bathroom. Oh, uh, all right, a smart girl, at least in that part. Well, with the she did like a whole tuck and roll. It was funny. Like the guy was sat on the bed with her. He's like, she's like, she's like, this kid's not coming, is he? And you're not his teacher. And he's and like, what gave you that bright idea? <laughs> and and she did like a whole back roll, and she ran into the bathroom. And I'm like, yeah, like. Oh the door. shit! She pulled a Peter Parker from No Way Home. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yeah. the ball. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say that's definitely traumatic. The fact that you were like nearly possibly raped and killed and he may have tried to eat your body you know that's pretty that's pretty I, up there. believe it or not the worst thing i think she was probably pissed off is the fact that they took her her computer away from her and put it in the living it's like that's the worst thing you could think of yeah. i mean not yeah. the fact that this 
creepy guy wanted to like wear your skin no and like <laughs> try to do something no because the way she thinks of it because she's fucked up she was probably like i was tricked Bitch, you were not tricked. You, <laughs> you, <stupid> you, bitch. <laughs> you chose to go on the computer. Yeah. Like I said, we have Mass Effect technology. Uh, you chose to talk to this creepy old guy. You had other people saying, like, hey, man, this person hacked your stuff. She's like, no. So you know what? She's a fucking know-it-all. Yes. She is a know-it-all. She is a know-it-all. I don't, I don't, I don't like her as a character, even though she's like the main character at all. And she does so many fucked up things. She gives out blowjobs near the ravine. Just saying. That was- so she's this goody two-shoe who likes to... No, there's episode where she they talk. They said that she literally go To get a bracelet. To get a bracelet. Because they give out bracelets. They give oh, out yeah. Bracelets. I remember that back in high school. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the special yeah, bracelet. It's like, it's like yeah. oh, I'll give you a bracelet. It's like, how do you get a bracelet? Well, you, you get oh, bracelet well Jesus you- Christ. What the hell could I get with a Snickers bar? It's like, this girl's, <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and mom, why is she beefing with the Hispanic girl? Like, the, why? Oh, because she, because she was going Hispanic out with girl. that guy. Who's going out? Wait, so the Hispanic one? Oh no, wait, wait, hold on. Yes, yes, it was that guy. It was that guy. It was Jay. Alex was going out with Jay, and Jay was getting blowjobs from girls in the ravine, and fucking dumbass Emma, who had got nothing going on, she's like, I'm gonna do something different, and she fucking goes wanders off, and she's like. I'm going to get a brace. This is during her glow up. So she's like feeling herself now. She's got her teeth all fixed. And she's like, I got long hair now. And then now. um, So, yes. And then they noticed that like Alex noticed that one of her friends. Oh, oh, no. This is how. Because she got her. In the mouth, herpes. herpes in the mouth. No, yes, that's no, why. oh no. She's like, <laughs> what do they call? I have a social disease or something like that. A social disease. Uh, uh, what is it called? They, they called it some stupid fucking word. It was just so. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't just call it herpes in a show? No, oh, they did. No, they called it herpes. But she said like, when she told her parents or mom that. She said she got a social disease. Like a social, di- you know. Like, like sweetie, that. social disease is called mononucleosis. Like, no, man, you got herpes. <laughs> you were doing something. <laughs> you, got, you got herpes. Anyway, I can fucking talk about this show for fucking ever. But, um, I'm still, anyways. I'm still tripping at the fact she's beefing with, with the rebellious Latina. Well, yeah, the rebellious Latina woman's like, Alex you suck my boyfriend's dick. You but know. here's a funny thing. The rebellious Latina didn't do anything bad or disgusting as far as we know she went to go strip and she was eight no if anything she had the worst fade away arc <clears throat> is literally when her and and uh the other the the the, the snooty girl um page they broke up and she's like yeah we can't like i can't hang out with you because you're kind of like an underachiever and you really ain't got anything going on and i'm sorry and it's been fun but She's like, I'm moving on, and you know, like, but I always like you. You know, you're the only girl I ever liked, but you're the only person I ever liked. And then she just ends up fading away, and I'm just like, oh, so what after Alex. So after she became a stripper, she just like what? No, no, she did. She went. She went back to. Uh, she went back to do more high school, mm-hmm. which is a thing I guess Canada does. No, more, you can't, you can't just get your associates. And just no, she did like more high school. I don't know. It's, I, I assume weird. Hopefully, she went to college. I, I no, no, she. That's what she was working on. She was actually oh, working. Oh, so on then do, no, she was working on to better herself, and it was and she did sports and she did like oh she's fine. She ended up doing that shit like later on. Like she oh. would make fun of all the people who would be like on lacrosse. <laughs> 
and then eventually she joined lacrosse you know hey, sweetheart that should take it out you know you don't have football like black people so it's like you gotta you, you, <laughs> gotta, you gotta do something across someone up in lacrosse hey at the end of the day she didn't get herpes no she didn't she, <laughs> She's was, like, she was lucky she was lucky yeah smart you know she said you can look but don't touch the other one was like uh you can touch and uh, yeah that's yeah she not... did it all what an idiot uh, and somehow she's dumbass somehow she's the main so hold up so she's the main character of the show right she's not though the i don't think anybody's the main character, character. so <laughs> she has the most episodes that involve her so in what type of what type of message are they sending with the grass like hey guys if you suck it's a little real. bit of dick and get a little bit of herpes you day life is all it's like no, no that's not that's not a got, good thing that's i implore everybody who fucking listens to this podcast it's on youtube for free watch degrassi the next generation if you don't get cooked by the first two episodes then i don't know what to tell you but every character and and, and they do things so minor in that show like there'll be a gay character in there and i'm like that character's gay but they don't make it a thing they don't talk about them being gay they don't talk about anything else they don't they don't say anything like it was like they'll say something like snooty like like they'll uh like they'll, they'll be hanging out and like one guy would be like oh you probably would like that wouldn't you you know like but but i'm like but uh, they don't make it obvious that he's gay well, that and was... they don't even talk about it that character doesn't get a fucking episode about them being gay or coming out till like two seasons this, later and i'm like that's brilliant what was this 2007 10 around this area for all of this what was it no 2001 is uh, no 2000 well, they graduated in 2007 so so like probably the show, 2003 so the show was being filmed around like what 2002 three give or take yeah well, yeah, all right, so I know probably with, with that, you know, it's more so recently where, like, everyone's more open and talking about it like it's a natural thing to talk right. about, you know, homosexuality, whatever it may be. So for that, I, that's probably, like, the most that they can do, you know, at that. No, sl- but I'm, I'm not even necessarily talking about them them subtly doing it. I'm talking about how smart they do it. Like, they're, like, yeah. they don't rush to give that character, like, in most shows, like, they would... You would, if you have a gay character, they're like, we gotta establish that that character's gay and let everybody know right now that that's what this deal with this character. Another example, they have her half brother or step brother or whatever that she end, they end up freaking putting this kid that that ends up like, like like when uh they have like every year that they graduate they introduce a new set of freshmen. So you have mm. to like keep track of more and more characters as you saw from that fucking roster mm. that I scrolled. Yeah, that roster is humongous. Yeah. I'm like, what? So the they have char- they had this one character that is her like stepbrother or whatever that lives in her house in- when she's in college, and it's so funny because that kid like was acting weird. Like every episode, he would like like the kids would be in the media center, and then like he wants to sit next to his friend, and they're all like dorks. And he's just like, I want to sit there. And then, and they're like, but I was already sitting here. But he's like, but that's my seat. And I'm just like. Was he on the spectrum? Immediately. Oh, okay. And I didn't think about it. Like, I didn't think about it. But then they, uh, then another episode happens where they go to a dance. And again, they don't say anything about it. And then I'm like, I've noticed, like, he likes this girl. And then I'm like, me and my buddy are watching it. And we're just, I'm just like, why is that motherfucker at the dance and he's still wearing the same clothes that he wears every day? And I, and I'm like, in high school, you're like, all of them are dressed up like it's the dance and this kid's still in his fucking, like, his jacket and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And then eventually, like, ha- like seven episodes later, it's like, he's on the spectrum and I'm like, oh, it makes all sense now. All those little hints that they don't give you a whole episode for, 
is sprinkled throughout the show and you would only like notice it notice it if you watch like the whole thing which is great and i mm. like shows that do that because usually Good pacing but those shows like I don't know, like Full House or like I'm trying to think of other like teen shows that are like corny or like. Oh, dude, I, I was never a teen I was never, show person at but all. They would hit up like if a character had a thing going on, it happened or, or Saved by the Bell, it would happen, and they talk all about it, and then that's it, and then nothing ever again. You know what I mean? Like they talk about it, beginning, middle, end. That's yeah. it. But Full House didn't have like a story storyline. No, no, no. This show has a storyline, so they're not gonna waste like the whole story in one episode. That's why right, they, they, they spread drag it out. it out. Anyway, I think that's enough. No more Degrassi talk, as I will go in like a little schoolgirl. But um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I got to see wheelchair Jimmy. Like I said, it's like more you, you. Like, you don't know what's coming for you. Like all you gotta do is cry and you'll make so much money he's like well, what do you mean it's like you'll see twist and turn <laughs> see jimmy you'll, you'll, see. You'll, you'll see jimmy they you'll shot see. jimmy jimmy brooks all right will it's been a pleasure to have you on the show thank you um, thank you thank you so much for joining us uh i am wondering if you have anything that you like to shout out or promote or talk about before we part ways sir the only thing that I can say is everyone, please remember mental health is no laughing matter. Um, if you have the ability to talk to a therapist, please do. If you are experiencing any sort of crisis, there are many things and many tools available. I don't have the numbers on me. I don't have the money, but you can definitely look, look them up online. Um, and I would also say that um, I want to give a shout out to you, James. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks, homie. You know, it's been a pleasure being here with your amazing co-host. <laughs> and um, I think uh, I would love to be back at any given point in time if you ever invite me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, how it goes is that if you're a guest, uh, you're pretty much can be a co-host any other time <laughs> whenever you want to come on. So, <laughs> yeah, I always I have it. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, we don't have to even dive into therapy every time. It's usually we can just have chill out sessions. So. Oh, that'd be um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Um, it's funny because when we do end it, uh, I, I, I'll say something before I play the, the outro music. Do you have anything to add at all? <laughs> um, nothing. Thank you for having me again, Dan. Yeah. And it was a very, very interesting um, episode. I would love to, to for you to come again so, so we can have more, more sessions. sorry 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 ignore me ignore me i don't know what i did i'm pressing but i fixed it sorry anyway um so yes i'm gonna be playing the outro by the way this outro was is about therapy really yeah (laughs) i'll explain it to you when we when we when we when we hit when we exit out but anyways everybody just like will said if you have a friend you have people to talk to. Seek out therapy. Talk it out. Love each other. I love you. Peace out. Goodbye. Yes. Take a look at the feelings, gotta analyze it.
go ahead, baby, call that shit, baby. Call that motherfucking therapist, baby. If you don't got a therapist, call your mom. If you don't got a mom, call your motherfucking friend. If you don't got a friend, talk to the person under the bridge and they'll tell you about your problem. Gotta, gotta, go talk to gotta 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 go ahead, baby, go ahead and talk to gotta go ahead and baby, gotta talk to gotta go ahead and put your feelings out, baby, go ahead and talk to gotta talk to talk to me, baby, yo, I'm on a help. Talk to me, baby boy, I wanna help you. Talk to me, baby boy, I wanna help you. Talk to me, 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 talk to